well, no, I don't think any of us really truly think we're going to be sick forever, but healthy people didn't get to where they were overnight. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Dr. Lisa Olszewski. Today, we're going to discuss self-acceptance as women and nutrition for women. We're going to specifically discuss ketogenic eating and intermittent fasting fails and how to achieve results successfully. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Lisa Olszewski, who is a chiropractor, naturopath, and keto nutrition fanatic known to travel across the world to meet friends for dinner and rack up frequent flyer miles. When she's not adjusting spines in her chiropractic office, she's passionately making healthy living simple through her online courses, virtual summits, and one-on-one coaching so everyone can achieve a vibrant level of health. Dr. Lisa was featured in the documentary A Better Way in 2020. She also recently made history in the state of Michigan by becoming the first female president of the Michigan Association of Chiropractors. You can download her latest hacks to better living at drlisao.com. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lisa. Hello. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, tell us your story. As many of us do, you had a dark night and that brought a transformation. Don't you think that's how it is? I feel like doctor means teacher, right? And so sometimes what we go through is what helps us the most with our patients. So, um, and so much, especially as a woman, like I'm going to be straight up honest with your listeners. That was one of those things that I always felt judged. I felt, didn't feel skinny enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel pretty enough. I didn't feel whatever it was. And then as a doctor that was sitting here teaching my patients, like, Hey, you need to eat clean. You need to do this, you know, eliminate sugar. And I was that girl I was doing, God, I was eating like paleo and low carb, like keto type stuff, like early two thousands, right. That was before it was ever became a big sexy term. Um, I was doing CrossFit and I was struggling with my weight. I was struggling to be like a size 12 to 14. And I, when I would talk to my patients to say, this is how you should eat. Like, let's eliminate out the sugar. I felt super judged because I felt like they looked at me saying, really? Like you're fat. Like you really don't eat sugar. And I'm like, I haven't had sugar in 10 years. Like, you know, no, I don't eat sugar. So I, this has been five years ago now. This is really, it was a struggle of um, me first off trying to find my own, like just being okay with who we are. But in that, uh, it was when intermittent fasting was really a new thing. I don't want to say it was new. Like we've been fasting for thousands of years, but it was becoming a bigger thing within the online world. There were a lot of male bloggers talking about it. So I did super strict intermittent fasting. I was following several huge name male bloggers. I was doing actually really super low calorie, even though I was kind of doing keto at that point, was super like all the wrong things to do. And with it, I lost weight. It was great. I lost weight. I lost my health. (laughs) It was the perfect storm. Like it tanked my hormones. I didn't have a period for months. The worst thing as a woman, I lost chunks of hair, like chunks of hair. And so at that time period, I didn't even... I didn't wear my hair down for over a year because I was scared to death. Like what happens if the wind would blow? These people would see these bald mm-hmm. spots on my head, right? Like it's hor- like as yeah, a woman, yeah. it hits us all in the gut. Like that's our femininity. Like you lose your, like, oh my God. So I, I realized like, obviously I, I didn't do this, right? <laughs> Something's wrong here. But the worst point was, was that these guys, if you're listed, like at that point, it was like, oh no, ladies, you're just doing it wrong. Like, isn't, it was always, 
if you weren't having the results the men were having, the ladies just obviously were doing it wrong. And then it was this very well-known blogger whose wife started going through these things. And that was all of a sudden, he started saying, holy smokes, this must, I think women need to do it differently. Well, of course we have to do it differently. Our hormones are changing 30 days out of the month, right? We're not little men. So um, it was through that process, right? And and I think of like worst time, it was horrible. I remember going to conferences, like having no energy, my adrenals had tanked, but the guy's finally looking at me saying, oh my God, you're so sexy. You look amazing. And I like, I, I even now I feel amazing. Oh my God. I felt horrible. And I wanted to punch them in the gut. And it's one of those things, like even within the chiropractic community, like I will walk up to these guys now saying, do you realize, like, I talk about you all the time because it makes me so angry, but it was the fact of like, I had to go through that to realize like all of this stuff. And it even started, Mm -hmm. like, it was one of my best friends. I remember it was like November, 2015, we're at a conference and she, huge name in chiropractic. She looked at me, she's like, I understand why I'm over, why I'm overweight, Lisa, but what's really, what's wrong with you? She's like, I see what you eat. I see how hard you work out. Why are you not a size zero? And that's the first thing I realized, oh, something's wrong with my body. So two months later, I decided to basically in essence, starve myself, which was not good. So can we, can we go there for a moment for the listeners? So when you say starve yourself, obviously well, first, let me say you grew your hair back. So for those of you who oh my cannot God, say it's Lisa, all here. Yeah, she has it's such really gross right beautiful today, hair. <laughs> <laughs> so there is hope. She did get her hair and her health back. Mm-hmm. And she's drinking out of a Wonder Woman cup. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's great. I love it. Yeah, it's my favorite cup. <laughs> um, but let's go back to why this failed specifically. So, and, and I can I can chime in on this as well. But yes. so what was happening when you were starving yourself? So why do you think you literally lost your hair? Okay. So you will love it because of what you're doing every day, right? I was the perfect storm. Looking at it, I was that stressed out woman. I was on an airplane every single weekend doing something. So stress was crazy. I wasn't, I mean, I was sleeping, but I just, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the beauty of 2020, right? When I stopped traveling, listening to your intro, I was like, well, that's not really, that's not me anymore, but I'm not jumping on an airplane to have dinner in Tokyo anymore, but that was who I was at that time period. And I was like, oh, my adrenals are a little stressed. Well, no wonder. Yeah, they were, but it was also the fatigue of travel. It was the stress of that. My gut was not healthy. So then the microbiome was a mess looking at toxicity. And then all of a sudden, not only like I was doing lower fat, I was doing lower calories. Mm -hmm. I was not nourishing my body. Mm -hmm. And this is in essence of how I always tell women this. I'm like, if you're not feeding yourself, which I wasn't even the one meal a day, that's a huge thing that people do now, like not awesome for women, your body innately goes back to how we were in Paleolithic era, right? Like, Oh, Hey, Lisa, guess what? You're not feeding yourself enough food for yourself. Why in the world do you think you could ever get pregnant right now? We better stop your hormones. So you don't get pregnant because you can't build a baby at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was one thing, multitude of things, sure, not one sure. thing. It was a perfect storm. So you do need hormones to grow hair. If your testosterone, if your androgens are too high, you can lose hair. But all in all, you need hormones to grow hair. I have postmenopausal women all the time who we give them estrogen. Their hair starts growing back like they need hormones. So stress robs you of hormones. Doing too aggressive, it sounds like too aggressive of intermittent fasting robs you of hormones because it leaves you nutritionally deficient and you need nutrients, well, for hormones, but also to grow your hair. You need fats, right? You need those essential fatty acids. So it sounds like what I'm hearing is that you did, you were trying to do the right thing, but you had been listening to a lot of male bloggers. Mm -hmm. So you were doing fasting wrong from a female perspective. So tell our listeners what you've learned. So why is intermittent fasting and also ketogenic eating, which I know you're, you've been on keto diet as well, different for women? It is. It's like I just said, we are not little men. 
right? We, our hormones are changing 30 days out of the month, 28 days out of the month, however many days our cycle is. And so we need to be able to do that. And like I had just said, whether, I mean, even if we're in menopause, it's still the fact, like we need to eat for our bodies. And so the fact is, is if we are always doing like the one meal a day, which works amazing for men, right? Like doing a 22 hour fast or a 20 hour fast, which is what I was doing and basically doing, having a very wow. small, like four, four hour eating window. Yeah. A guy can sit down there and eat like two, 3000 calories at once. Right. First off, <laughs> what woman is going to do that? But then it's also, like I said, it sends that signal to the body saying, okay, we have to go back to fasting in Paleolithic era. It was time periods of feasts. It was time periods of famine. Uh And so fasting is kind of mimicking that famine time period, which, Hey, we're not sure when the next time is that we're going to have bountiful food. Right. So let's kind of stop everything. And so it's also, you know, I do keto differently. Every woman is different. We actually strategically eat carbs at certain time periods, depending on the, you know, at where they are in their cycle. We do a lot of different things that way where, I mean, people are like, you eat carbs. And I'm like, yeah, we want to knock ourselves out of ketosis. Again, I always go back to the feast and famine time period because we are still the same as like our caveman ancestors were. We never have famine time periods in America anymore. Yeah, literally true. ever. Right. Plentiful all the time. So I know you have specifically a three-tiered or three-prong approach to ketogenic living. That's why I should say it, yeah, that you've used. So can you tell us what those three prongs are? Let's kind of go through that for the listeners. Yeah, and you probably see a lot of times where patients will be like, or even clients, or you hear it all the time. Like I just ran through Costco to pick up some stuff. There is keto stuff everywhere. They have ketoized everything, everything. right? Yeah. So you know, people are like, oh yeah, I've done the keto thing, or I tried it once, it didn't work for me. Or I did it. I gave up after the first day. It was too hard to cut down to 20 grams of carbs. So my first thing is let's build an awareness. Let's find out how many grams of carbs somebody is actually intaking every day. Because some person, you know, one person might be taking in hundred grams. Another person might be taking three or 400 grams. We don't know how many grams of carbs. It just depends on if you have been a potato and bread and sandwich like person your whole life, it's going to be a lot different than somebody that grew up like, Hey, with more like steak and salads or whatever their life. You know what I mean? So we got a become that awareness. And then we're going to start to taper the carbs because that's when I see people fail. Hey, I went down to 20 grams of carbs. I couldn't deal with it. I'm done. I tried keto once. It didn't work for me. Right. Like how often I know you have new patients that come in all the time. I do too, where they sit across the desk from me saying, I tried this. I tried this. I tried this. This just isn't for me. I am destined to be sick. And it's like, well, no, I don't think any of us really truly think we're going to be sick forever, but healthy people didn't get to where they were overnight. And it's a baby step. And that's my whole my whole philosophy mm-hmm. is healthy living simple. It's one simple step built upon another. So that's the first thing. We've got to taper our carbs. So awareness as far as mm-hmm. what your carb intake is and then taper the carbs. Okay. Tapering so that's number one. Okay. That's the first one. And so ideally, you know, we'll get down to less than 20 grams of carbs, get into ketosis, and then you build up that tolerance. Like, hey, can you can your body tolerate 50 grams of carbs each day and still stay in ketosis? Can you go up to 100? Like, where are you? But that's that's a long-term thing, right? Like first sure. 30 days we're looking at let's start tapering. The next one is to build our fasting muscle. So I know I just said, like, let's look at the fasting. We don't want to do 24 hours of fasting, ladies. You don't want to, I mean, every like once in a while is fine. Not seven days a week. Right. Right. But a lot of times there's people that wake up in the middle of the night to eat. Like I didn't realize that until I started talking to people. I'm like, oh yeah, I get up and have a snack at midnight. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> like I'm out. So if we're constantly eating or if we're eating every two to three hours, you know, as the grazer, as we've been taught to do also, 
we're constantly increasing and decreasing blood sugar, like all throughout the day. And so we just want to help stabilize that. So I always want to see if like, Hey, can we start fasting for like a 10 hour window and then building that up? And then on occasion doing a longer fast, but not doing that every single day for 30 days, always constantly changing. I like to keep the body guessing, right? So it's always completely the same. And then third thing, like I said earlier, is I also teach women, let's eat some carbs to knock us out of ketosis. So that way, again, it's that signal to your body to say, Hey, we are not in famine. Like there is bounty right now. Uh We are plentiful. So we're not constantly in that state of, and I don't want to say starvation. That's not what it is, but in that famine time period, we, we want to let the body know food is plentiful. We're okay. And then you get right back into ketosis. Okay. So prong two was building the fasting muscle. Yeah. And then prong three was cycling the carbs. So I'm wondering as far as this prong is concerned, I know listeners can dive into your courses and learn tons Mm -hmm. more, but my, I have not personally done the ketogenic diet. And so I almost feel like we just dove into this. Obviously I know what it is and I've advised it to my patients, but I actually haven't done it. So I feel like we should rewind for a moment (laughs) and talk about what it is for the listeners. And then I have a question as far as briefly, if we could go through the menstrual cycle, like week one, two, three, and four, if you can advise tips on what weeks you should be fasting or which weeks you shouldn't be fasting for as, as long of a you know duration, when we can have more carbs, when we should have fewer carbs, if we could kind of walk through the you know menstrual cycle. But let's go back since we kind of got ahead of ourselves yeah. <laughs> and define what a ketogenic diet is for the listeners. We've talked a yes. lot about intermittent fasting on the podcast, but we really haven't delved into ketogenic. Yeah. So keto, like if you think of it, people, a lot of times are like, oh, this is a new thing. And it's not really, you think of Atkins back Atkins, in like yeah. the late nineties, he was doing keto, but to be honest, like ketos, it's how our ancestors ate. What happens? Ketosis is that time period of a lower food expenditure, basically your food and not expenditure food intake. It's when your body is using fat for fuel. And so therefore you are burning that fat because we can be sugar burners or we can be fat burners. Let's even, Mm -hmm. I'll take it back a step there. In the United States, we're typically all sugar burners. We're carbohydrates are like majority of our diet. We learn to burn carbohydrates. Our body does not know how to burn ketones or burn fat. So what happens, every single organ of your body absolutely loves ketones. It thrives on ketones. Babies are born in a state of ketosis, right? Mother's milk is high in MCT oils. It's a medium chain triglycerides. It's to help grow the brain, right? So babies are in the state of ketosis. The biggest brain growth that we have, right, is during that baby time period. So you think of it, it's kind of a natural state. And so the only organ that does not utilize ketones because it makes ketones is the liver. So when we are burning fat for fuel, that's how keto, the diet gets into that thought process of, oh, this is a great way to lose weight, to lose fat is because we are tapping into those fuel stores, which are those fat stores. That being said, in order to get into that ketogenic state, we have to limit our carbohydrates. Typically like Atkins was always like less than 20 grams of carbs each day. So like I said, if you're a 400 gram per carb each day person, and all of a sudden you're going to 20, what's happening in your brain and your body is like, you have been using sugar for your fuel, your entire life. And you just stopped the fuel intake. And so it happens as people, this is when people will hear and say, oh, I've heard of that keto flu. It was miserable. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. not the fact of like the actual physical flu, but it's like, Hey, there's brain fog. I'm just not, I have no energy. Like like They're not firing it, yeah. Exactly. And so it's because 
you just robbed the body of fuel that it was used to. It's not ready to switch over yet. Usually it takes a couple of days, but once they get there, they always talk about a brain clarity that people notice. And that's because you're, you're utilizing those ketones. So it is great. People get into ketosis. And then as you get more like fat adapted, your body is utilizing that fat easier. That's when you can increase the carbohydrates a little bit. And so your body's like, Ooh, I know what this is. And then you can burn carbs and you can flip back over and burn, burn on fat. Right. So it's that fat adaptation. I think that's so important. I, one, I guess, pet peeve I have with individuals who are experimenting with different diets is that they go on this one diet and they never waver. And then your body just gets so used to that, that then you can plateau. So I think it is important, like you said, to wax, I don't want to say wax and wane, but you know, decrease and then increase the hours from a fasting standpoint and decrease and increase your carb intake. So I think that I, I like that. So let's talk about the menstrual cycle. So how can women best be eating for, for ultimate weight loss and health and longevity, right? Every week of their cycle or every week of the cycle. So in a 28, they will just assume women have a regular 28 day cycle. Uh, day one is the first day of bleeding, right? So obviously your body is losing iron, <laughs> losing yes. a lot of nutrients. A lot of patients feel very anemic and tired this week. So how should we be eating to nurture our body starting with week one of the cycle. And you just said it. Let's look at some heart, like higher iron foods, looking at the red meats to help increase that what we're losing at that time period. And it's interesting because like I went through and I did the Women Virtual Summit a couple years ago now. I don't even know. And it's funny how every single woman has their own different perspective. Like, how do we work out? And it was funny as I went through this, some women are like, this is the week of relaxing. This is the week where you just kind of like, you know, allow your body to do more yoga poses and more calming poses and that. And then other women are walking in and saying, this is the week you hit the weights hard. And I was like, all right. And everybody had, yeah. everybody had their own science behind it. So truly, I think every woman is different, right? And we have to kind of honor that. I think most women will realize like the first few days of your period, we're a little more sleepy too, right? Like at least I notice that my energy's lower. So like, am I lifting a ton of heavy weights that like, no, I'm just kind of doing more relaxing type stuff, right? You don't want to start a three-day fast day one of your cycle. Like that would be a really not wise decision. No. So I, like, I would, yeah, I would assume these. I mean, you need nutrition, especially in these right. days. So you would maybe not want to fast for super long periods of time this week. That's my assumption. Right, and so and it's different. Like, and again, I will say to women, like, pay attention when you crave carbs. Like, this is where I love like the men. <laughs> as I say this and with my eyes rolling, I've had some guys on, they're like, women need to eat carbs like the week before their period. And I'm like, okay. And like, I'm like, why? Because that's why my wife craves carbs. You know, like that's <laughs> what the guys will say. And I'm like, okay, so what about the women that craves carbs during ovulation? Right. Like, cause I feel like it's different for each of us. And so again, as a chiropractor, I'm always following like our own innate <laughs> and our own intuition. Cause we are so brilliant, right? Like we just have to honor and respect that of the body to be honest. So I, what I find you can see women from ovulation through like right before they bleed. It's different for every woman, every woman. Some are craving carbs at different time periods and it's okay. Like it's okay to have that. I'm not giving you the free pass to do two, three, 400 grams of carbs, but it's okay to increase of good quality carbs, like a sweet potato, like 50 to hundred grams. It's the time of year where many of my patients are feeling the motivation to detox, cleanse, reset, whatever you want to call it. After the year we've had in 2020, I think we all could use some renewal in our lives. Of course, one of the most common resolutions at the start of the new year is to focus on exercise and clean eating. But 
I'm going to be honest, you likely need more than that if you're looking to truly build optimal health. You likely change the furnace filters in your home regularly and in your car, you probably pay close attention to scheduling oil changes. In both your car and your home, this regular maintenance removes gunk that keeps those systems from operating at their best and even breaking down over time. Have you ever thought about the gunk that accumulates in your body? That gunk often takes the form of toxins that accumulate over time. Can you believe that each year the average person is exposed to 14 pounds of pesticides, herbicides, food additives, and preservatives? That's about the equivalent of a bowling ball of toxins. Just like your home and your car, regular maintenance is required to restore your body's ability to cleanse itself and eliminate these toxins to keep you operating at your best and prevent long-term damage. You might know that your liver is responsible for filtering toxins from your system and you can think about this as a glass of water. If you keep on pouring in the water, the glass will eventually get full and overflow. Similarly, over your lifetime, your liver may accumulate a large amount of toxins and need assistance clearing them out. When it comes to supporting your liver, consider a strategically designed, researched, structured liver cleanse program to help with phase one and phase two detox pathways. You need a program with ingredients like beet, artichoke, dandelion, milk thistle, and alpha lipoic acid, all of which help your liver and gallbladder purge toxins, and then a fiber protein powder to bind the toxins so that you can eliminate them. In my practice, I recommend the Core Restore program. The kit comes with day-by-day -day instructions, making it very clear and easy to understand how to change your lifestyle, what to eat, and which supplements to take. Staying healthy can be difficult, but straightforward, easy-to-follow cleanses like the Core Restore program can help you get back on track and pilot you into better behaviors moving forward in 2021. Please don't start this program if you have active gallstones or diabetes without consulting with your medical provider, and this is not for those who are pregnant or nursing. I know from personal experience this type of program will help you feel better, lose weight, release stored toxins, and benefit your entire body. Check out more product information on our website, yourlongevityblueprint.com, and use code LIVERDETOX for 10% off either the chocolate or vanilla Core Restore programs. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's differentiate that good carbs from bad carbs. And can you tell the listeners roughly, you've mentioned this kind of 20, which I know it's different for each person, but like 20 gram carb day. What is 20 grams of carbs? Like for an example. That's when you have to start really looking at things. And I, I always tell people, like I use my fitness pal, even now, like I'll go yeah. through and track, but people don't realize like an apple would be 25 grams of carbs. So, wow. you know, you know, wow. So it can be really low. You like choose when, your, yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things, like one of our colleagues, like one of our mutual friends, like JJ version is like, this is an all or nothing thing. You know, like this is sugar. Like you got to cut it all and go cold turkey. We totally can do that. Like I used to be that person telling everybody, but I found more people failed and they just walked away. So I'm like, okay, we can do that. I understand like sugar is addictive, right? We know that. Most when addictive you look substance at it, on earth, yeah. Exactly. Like you look at rats and the, the areas of the brain that it lights up is the same areas of cocaine. Like we know sugar is addictive. It would be best to go cold turkey. That being said, it is such a quote unquote acceptable part of our life. I want people to truly be healthy. I don't want them sick at 50 years old saying, wow, you know, how did I end up this way? I always wanted to feel lousy. I'm so glad I accomplished that. <laughs> does that, right? So I know I'm kind of all over right now. No, that's, that's okay. That, this is all great. So let me come back to, obviously we were just at a conference together and, you know, when the guacamole came out, we, instead of having the chips, we asked for some vegetables to, to dip into that. And then I wasn't even thinking in my head, like, I wonder how many carbs these vegetables are, but, <laughs> but do you, can, can I ask you like, what are your carbs that you're choosing? Like, 
for it to, to hit your 20, 20 grams or whatnot. Like 20 what grams. Are... So you're, I'm going to really throw you for a loop right now. So like carrots and those things, to be honest, I'm not at 20 grams anymore. My body, I can easily be, be between 50 and hundred and I'm still in ketosis. Like I have laughed with some of the guys in my profession because we'll all be out at conferences. And I was like, yeah, I will send you my ketone meter on Monday morning. And they're like, seriously. And one of the guys is like, that's super. I was like 1.1 after a long conference out, like doing all sorts of stuff. I'm like my body just, but I've been doing keto now for how many a years? Like time. it's a long time. The one thing that I do realize when people cut out the sugar out of their diet, and I love it because even back in the day, remember whole 30, we were using that in our practice too. Mm-hmm. And patients would walk in and say, I never realized how sweet a carrot was. Or like, you know what I mean? But you can start oh. tasting the sugar that's in those vegetables. Yep. And so that's the thing. Like, yeah, I want you, if you are looking at like a potato chip or a carrot to eat for your carbohydrates, I would much rather have the carrot. I'm not going to stress out over the carbohydrates on that. And Perfect. so from the veggies, we're going to be a-okay. Super strict keto would say, take out any of those. You know what? Like carrots are going to be fine. I'm okay with berries, right? I'm okay with the blueberries. I'm okay with blackberries, raspberries, as long as you're not eating like the whole big old bag from Costco or something, right? right. Like we're not doing that. So it is like the serving size. You've probably used a lot of different brands of meters in the past. Who are you currently using? Like my favorite. Oh, I got a good story on this one. You'll love it. I used to use, um, I'm not going to name the name, <laughs> but I would do these numbers and I'm like, how is my, like my fasting blood sugar is a hundred. I'm like, this is crazy. This should not be. So this was years ago. And I remember talking to my colleagues, like my friends, I'm like, this is insane. And they're like, no, that's not right. It's not right. There's something going on. And then I got a keto mojo meter and fasting blood sugar was like where it should be. Right. Like low eighties. I was like, okay, I'm happy. This one's much better, but how is there such a variation between the two meters? Oh, guess what? Keto Mojo. I found it in reading all their little things. They're the one. They're amazing. I love them. I've interviewed them on my podcast. That's the one we have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize the FDA allows like a 20% error rate? (laughs) I just sat there thinking people give insulin on this. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I was sitting there reading at a hundred on a fasting blood sugar. That's insane. Right. Like we know anything over 90 skyrockets with the risk of Alzheimer's. So for me, I was really concerned where other people are like, oh, but my medical doctor says that's fine. Well, no, I want really good. You know, I want my blood sugar really good. So keto mojo, you like that company. My husband has used that meter because he's done keto. So they do they check glucose and ketones in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's go back to the menstrual cycle for a minute. Maybe you've already covered this, but as far as we kind of talked about week one, when patients are more nutritionally deficient because they're heavily bleeding and whatnot. So really maybe that's not the week to aggressively taper back on carbs or fasting. But as we proceed through the month, I guess you tell me what, which weeks you're more comfortable being more aggressive. You know, I am okay being well, like not like maybe a 10 hour fast at that time period. Right. 12 hour fast is fine. Yep. And I really like, I'm that person that I will pull a 24 hour fast maybe once a week. And that's when I'm going very, like I'm doing that really consistently. Now it's like once a month. They don't do that that often, but, but with water you drink lots of water, lots of water. And I do, I do black coffee. I was telling you that's my vice, but I do really super clean, organic black coffee. Do you do electrolytes too? When you're fasting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love the elementi stuff, right? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said. Love those. Love those. Okay. Sorry. Back to answering yeah. the question. So, for, so I really think it's going to vary for each woman. Like I know like you can pull different people and they all will say first week, go ahead, strict uh, fasting, lots of good meat, blah, 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 blah. And again, like you just said, if we're trying to nourish the body, I guess it also depends on how depleted that person is. Right. Because if, if it's a woman that's still trying to build and nourish, we don't want to go. But if this woman has been building and nourishing for years, she might be easier to be able to pull a strong fast, right? 
So I really think like, what sure. is the foundation that we're working with already? Again, I try to make things simple for them. So I, I keep, I guess maybe I'm being the devil's advocate here though, but who shouldn't do keto or intermittent fasting? Like who is just not a good candidate for that? I think if somebody has been a total grazer forever, if you're up in the middle of the night all the time, like you really want to do this, but it's going to be difficult to start. Right. So my first thing yeah. I always just tell people like, it's all baby steps. I don't think there's people that, that are not going to be good at doing this. I think it's beneficial for everybody, but to the extent of how strict am I jumping straight in, in, like it's going to be more difficult for somebody that has had that roller coaster of blood sugar their entire life, but they need to start it, right? Because we understand what's happening if their fasting blood sugar is a certain number or whatever. So my easy baby steps are let's just stop eating after dinner and not eat until breakfast. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can easily pull eight to 10 hours at that point. And maybe that's the first step. But then after that, like, let's look at a 12 hour fast and then we can slowly start building up, like maybe eliminating breakfast every once in a while. And when you do breakfast, not doing as a higher carbohydrate breakfast of like cereal and milk, but what if we're looking more at like bacon and eggs? Totally. So I know you have a lot of resources. Tell us, I I still have a few more questions for you, but on this topic, tell us about like courses that you've created. Like if listeners are are thinking they want to dive further into this, what resources maybe can you offer them or refer them to? Yes. No, I have a three-day intro to keto course, which actually is a four-day intro to keto course that they can do where they're like, okay, what is this? How do I start? That's a super easy one. I have a 30-day blueprint that uh, is a whole group coaching program that we do for 30 days where we go through and we kind of... Um, I don't want to say we're working one-on-one. We're not doing that, but it's a group program that we all get to work with. And it's, and it's cool to be able to see what happens in those 30 days, right? Like how long does it take to change a habit, right? Usually they say like 28 days or whatever. Oh my God. And we've also done virtual summits. I did a whole keto virtual summit that is always available as well. And those links are all over on my website too. Just drlisao.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also hear you have a free gift. I do. Over there. So I have another, like in my own keto, my keto blueprint guide. That's not the 30 day course. So the keto blueprint guide is about like 40, 50 page book, like a little ebook of all sorts of information on keto. But those, for those people that say, oh, that's a lot. I also have a checklist that you can just go into like a cheat, cheat sheet checklist that's over there too. <laughs> I get asked all the time, what's one product that I just can't live without when it comes to maintaining my own health and longevity? And my answer is something you've actually heard me mention on several episodes. It's called mitochondrial complex, and it's pretty much the Cadillac of multivitamins. And it's packed with antioxidants, including three key players, acetyl-L-carnitine, alpha-lipoic acid, and N-acetylcysteine. Think of a steam engine that requires coal to be continually shoveled into the furnace to power the train forward. Acetyl-L-carnitine does that for your body by shoveling short-chain fatty acids into your cells to provide your body with energy. This is an absolutely essential task to keeping you running. However, what's a byproduct of fire? You guessed it, smoke. Unfortunately, in this analogy, smoke from fire equals free radicals. To combat those free radicals, other antioxidants are needed, and that's where alpha-lipoic acid and N-acetylcysteine come in. Together, they scavenge free radicals and help boost and recharge glutathione, the most potent antioxidant in the body. To top it off, mitochondrial complex also contains a little bit of green tea extract, broccoli seed extract with sulforaphane, and even resveratrol. Research has shown that when athletes and individuals that are under stress begin taking this product, they are less likely to get sick, as they're giving their body what it needs to conquer those stressors. Who doesn't need protection from stress and cellular damage at this time? I certainly do. I take this product every day. If you're interested in learning more about how mitochondrial complex can help support you living a longer, healthier life, check out my blog post on why antioxidants are important found at 
yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash Y dash antioxidants dash R dash important or in chapter four of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. To get 10% off our mitochondrial complex, just use code ENERGY when checking out at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show. Awesome. Awesome. Obviously I love blueprints. I wrote the book, Your Longevity Blueprint, of course. So I love blueprints. I think those are just easy for patients to kind of understand. So I think if you're listening and this is something that very much piques your interest, visit drlisao.com for her free uh, blueprint. Yeah. I want to go back though <laughs> to just asking your thoughts on self-acceptance as a woman. So we kind of opened your story. You just weren't comfortable in your shoes, right? You were self-conscious, whatnot. So through this transformation and you kind of figuring out how is the best way, you know, for you to eat, whatnot. How have you more accepted yourself? Like, what are your thoughts on that topic in general? Oh my gosh. I think it's, it's something every woman struggles with if, mm-hmm. if we're honest, right? Like yep. I feel like maybe every man does too. I don't, I don't know, but I feel like it's something definitely as women, because we're giving to everybody, whether we're a mom or not, right? Like we're giving, we're, we have a mothering nature of us to give to everybody else. And it's one of those things I've had to do a lot, like whether it's EFT tapping or whatever to be there. Am, am I a hundred percent? Absolutely not. Right. Like I've had a couple different like health things just throw at me like recently that I'm like, wait a minute. Like, but it, it made sense to me now as to what was going on. And I just have to be a okay with where I am because it's this evolution of who we are becoming all the time. We're all meant here for a purpose, right? So we have to be, be okay with it. And I, I've been talking to people so much about that. It's like faith over fear. And yes, it's like, it's so much age. Easier. Yes. So more it's more than ever just, before. Yeah. And listen to Lisa's podcast if you want to hear more on that. She doesn't hold back. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of inadvertently gone that way, but yeah, it's so amazing. And then the guests that reach out to me to be on this show and then the conversations we have behind the scenes, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed listening to them. Um, what is your top longevity tip? I ask all of my guests at the end of the show what their top longevity tip is. I know it's hard to pick one, but if you had to. Oh my gosh. Right out of all of them. Gosh, I keep going between sleep and gratitude. They're both so good. Let's just look at gratitude. I'm going to take that one. (laughs) (laughs) Even though sleep is so important to everything of our body. And I think people don't understand the importance of sleep, but gratitude, it's starting every day in a grateful state. Even when you got everything being thrown at you and hundred percent, whatever thing, grateful that, you know, I'm awake this morning. I'm grateful for every little thing. And I think because that sets the tone, the vibration and everything on health too. Right. I mean, you think of, uh, was Emoto's, what was his first name? Emoto's work with the water crystals. You remember that where he, this was maybe 15 years ago. I want to say it's Mario Emoto, but he had children speak kind words to a glass of water and he had children speak ugly words to a glass of water and then tested the crystals. And that of the ugly words were just horrible, ugly crystals versus these beautiful crystals that formed with all the positive words. So again, thinking back to... So then yeah, think about not just water, but your body, yes, yourself, what negatively yes. to yourself would do. Yes. Oh, I love that. Lisa, I forgot to go back to carnivore. Do you have time oh, for one more I question? I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wrap up the show, but I have to, I also have not had anyone come on the show, talk about carnivore diet. So are you experimenting just like for fun to kind of see or for my, for I did. Uh, well, I did that in 2019 because I, people started talking about, it. I'm like, that is not good for you. That cannot right, be good right. for you. Right. Like you need to have grains. You've got to have alkalinity. Like I just sat there like, 
that is not possible. It cannot be Which good for you. Which is my so initial to response when I think, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly no. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was right there. And then I started noticing there were some really like brilliant MDs and just uh, not even MDs. There were just a lot of holistic people that were doing carnivore. And I was like, they know something I don't like. So I just started digging. So here's like the theory behind it. Like, do I do it 24 seven, 365 days a year? No. Like right now I'm doing it for a whole nother reason. But the first time I did it in 2019, I eliminated it because my biggest aha was if you think of plants versus animals, if animals are under attack, they are, they're going to be killed. They're going to run away, right? Like they have that to happen. A plant can't get up and run away. (laughs) And so it will secrete different things like phytic acids, like those type of things. And all of a sudden when I started hearing that, I was like, well, if you follow paleo for a while, you eliminate all these certain things because of the phytic acids. You be, you eliminate the lectins, you eliminate those things out. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, those are what's contributing to autoimmunity or whatever it is. Do we know? Do we know what those things are contributing? I mean, do we, there's a lot of, how about that? There's a lot of theories of that, right. That can cause to that. Like, and you think of like people that stay away from nightshade vegetables, all those things. Yep. So I decided to do it. And it's also a great way just to test food sensitivities too. Right. Sure. And so initially I was like, well, I want to see, cause I was using a lot of coconut, um, just coconut oil, coconut milk, that type of stuff. And I'm like, I'm curious if I'm, if I'm allergic to that, or if I'm also allergic to eggs, those were my two. So I seriously, for two weeks only did like beef. And I couldn't believe the energy I had. I couldn't believe the clarity I had. And then as I slowly incorporated things back in and why I decided to was I could not get out of ketosis. Like I had, it was ridiculous. I had had like a full sweet potato and I was still in ketosis. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I've (sighs) got to be able to knock myself out. But that was how I just did my food sensitivities that way. So it's the same thing. Like I just seeing certain numbers that typically like, let's use the example of thyroid antibodies, right? If those are super high, a lot of times they'll tell the women typically because they have are the ones with low thyroid issues, right? eliminate gluten out of your diet. Well, if that person's already eliminated all gluten, what else can we look at? Well, lectins will do the same thing. Like different, there are certain things that will increase. Other triggers, yeah. Yeah. So so right now I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I've done carnivore. I'm going to do it again. I should try that. My husband keeps telling me I should try that. I, I do for the listeners, I will say this, that I would like to bring someone on the show. We'll do a whole episode on keto, or I'm sorry, we just did, no. Well, on carnivore diet, but I will say this before you just jump into it. I think it is very important to say that if you're going to consider something like that, that you do need to eat nose to tail. So yeah. eat organs of animals. It's not just like, I know you said you did beef for a while, yeah. right? You got to eat more Everything. than that. So if you are considering something like this, talk to a practitioner who can advise you on how to appropriately transition to a carnivore diet. Yeah, no, and, cause I do like, I do a lot of the bone broth and I do a lot of other stuff yes. too. And I have my yeah. uh, glandular capsules to be honest. Cause I'm a, uh, that person that's just. I can't fix organ meat. I just. (laughs) Um, And there are companies that even encapsulate that. I actually have a a guest coming up on the show to talk about pluck seasoning. That's an organ-based seasoning. We're going to talk about that in in a few episodes, actually before this episode will launch. But but I will let, we'll wrap up the show because we did go a lot of directions, but this was a lot of fun. So I think the listeners will, will have enjoyed that. So thank you, Dr. Lisa, for coming on the show and sharing why we as women need this personalized approach to weight loss as far as using ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting and thanks for your energy and passion to make healthy living simple so thank you for coming on the show absolutely thanks for having me 
Well, that was a fun interview. I love it when I have guests who just let me ask whatever questions I'm feeling. Dr. Lisa O is a ball of fun. And as I stated before, very passionate about making healthy living simple. So to connect with Dr. Lisa, visit drlisao.com. And I'll also post that link in the show notes. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.